Good evening, everybody. Iceman here. I'm coming to you tonight at about 9.15 Eastern Time to talk about some big news that happened today. So when I woke up this morning, I definitely didn't think it was going to be the kind of day that it ended up being in terms of a coaching news day. Coaching news is usually big this time of year because after the NFL season is over or the regular season is over, you generally tend to have a bunch of turnover with NFL franchises who are looking to move on from one coach or the other. And then, of course, you've got coordinators that are being fired and all that. And that's all kind of par for the course, usually. And I think over the course of the last couple of days, we have seen some coaching firings that have not been very surprising. I think we've seen some that may seem surprising to others. I'm thinking about Mike Vrabel. And then, of course, there's Pete Carroll, because that news dropped today about he how he was not going to be the coach of the Seattle Seahawks anymore. And honestly, I kind of figured that that was the biggest news of the day. I kind of figured that nothing else could top that. And then, I don't know, three hours ago, maybe three and a half hours ago, I open my phone, I open up Facebook, and there is the headline. The headline of all headlines over the last couple of days, and it is that Nick Saban is going to be retiring and stepping down as the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I have to tell you that that was legitimately shocking to me. Why is it shocking? Well, Nick Saban is an institution. He's obviously been at he's obviously been at Alabama for what the last sixteen years, maybe seventeen years. I can't remember exactly what year he got there. It's a team that just went to the college football playoff and played their ass off against the eventual national champion Michigan Wolverines, and it's a team that has been consistently great since his second year at Alabama. Obviously, he has coaching pedigree before then. He was at Michigan State. He won a national championship at LSU. He had a very short stint in the pros. But I think when you look back at the legacy of Nick Saban, you're going to look back at the legacy of him as the Alabama head coach. And I can tell you, raw, unfiltered thoughts right now as we're live, that I didn't think that this was something that would be possible. I didn't think that this was an outcome that would happen so abruptly and I think so unexpectedly. I kind of felt like Nick Saban would be the type who would know when it's time to hang it up because his team was faltering. And for all that we know, maybe this is exactly what that is. Maybe Nick Saban woke up on January 2nd, looked at what happened in that game against Michigan, looked at the tide coming, and I don't mean the Crimson Tide, I mean the tide of changes in college football, looked at all of that and said, you know what, this is not my game anymore. That the competitive balance has changed to the point that I'm not going to be able to compete. And I think that's fair. I think that every coach who has been doing what Nick Saban has been doing for as long as he has been doing it at the same place ran into that in one way or the other. I think if you sat down Gino Oriema as a man and said, how do you feel about where you are? I think he would look at the tide right now and think, how many more years do I have left? Because Connecticut basketball, women's basketball, is nowhere near what it was. And I don't think that it's ever going to get there. Maybe Nick Saban woke up and is looking at the landscape, looking at what is coming to college football, a 12-team playoff, emergence of the transfer portal, all of the growing NIL money that is being doled out to all these players, it's a different game and a different system than what he has been used to. And at his age, north of 70 years old, I can understand why the grind maybe isn't worth it anymore 
especially in a paradigm that maybe you are not used to or that maybe you don't think that you can thrive in. And some people would criticize that. Some people would say that, well, you're leaving when the going is getting tough. He's taking his ball and going home. I think it's hardly that. I think Nick Saban is looking at the landscape, looking at what he has done, and possibly sitting there talking to his wife, talking to his kids. And they're probably saying what a lot of people said to all of the all-time greats when it came time to leave. What more do you have to prove? What more does Nick Saban have to prove at any level? Sure, he did not win the Super Bowl, but I don't think that that was something on his bucket list. I think when he took the Miami Dolphins job, he was doing so as a young coach who had found lightning in a bottle in college football and thought that he could take everything that he did when he was at Michigan State, everything he did when he was at LSU, and he could do that in the pros. It just doesn't work that way. The pro game is just completely different with the amount of money that's being doled out, the amount of money that is at stake with these NFL franchises. And that was back then in the mid to late 2000s. We're talking about 2023 now. The stakes are even higher. So Alabama is left with this news, and their coaching search began the second that Nick Saban gave them this news. Now, we have not heard officially from Nick Saban. We do not know from his mouth why he is retiring. We do not know if it's actually true. But generally speaking, when something is reported by the people that have been reporting it, you generally tend to find that it is very, very true. And it's only a matter of time before Nick Saban has a press conference, probably as early as tomorrow, to talk about how he is stepping down, maybe even give some insight as to why he is stepping down. I can only imagine what he is thinking. I can only imagine what the boosters at Alabama are thinking. And I can only imagine what the fans are thinking. My guess is that a lot of people in Tuscaloosa and all over the country are worried. Every Alabama fan is probably thinking about, wow, this is the end of an era. Where do we go from here? Which I think is fair. It's always difficult to see the path forward when you've had such a great path in the past, right? And here we are in 2024, and this next season is going to be one without Nick Saban. And there's a lot of uncertainty, I think, that comes with that. There's a lot of certainty for a lot of the fans who are thinking, what is going to happen? Now, I think criticism could be laying on Alabama fans because I think that there are a ton of diehard fans out there, a ton of great fans. But I know over the years, and I can speak from personal experience as a Patriots fan since I was born, that when your team becomes really, really good and consistently good, the expectations are sky high. And when we did a Football Friday a few months back when Dabo Swinney was on the phone or on a radio interview, and he was asked about how much he was getting paid, and he went on that tirade about how fans had become more about the expectation than the gratitude for what had happened. Because Alabama went through a period where they were not good. And it took a long time for them to get back to where they were under Bear Bryant. And they did that under Nick Saban. I would argue that they reached higher heights under Nick Saban. And maybe the game is easier or was easier for Nick Saban because I think that when he was a head coach, the players were better. I think nutrition was better. Science was better. A ton of things were different. But I think when you look at the landscape of college football and to see six national championships, that's not easy to do. It's not supposed to be easy to win a national championship. Go ask Jim Harbaugh, who just finally got to that mountaintop and feels that relief. He feels the relief of, my goodness, I finally did this. It took him a while to vanquish the demons of Ohio State, 
took him a while to vanquish the demons of the college football semifinal and then in one fell swoop, he wins a national championship. And Nick Saban has done that six times. Seven times if you count his one at LSU. It's remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. But the landscape is different now. With the transfer portal, NIL money, there are many other factors than just the championship banners that you have hanging in your stadium. No more are the days where you can just sell the fact that you're going to be on television, that you're going to get to play in the playoff, and that you're going to get to the NFL. Because I think now there are many other pathways to getting there. I think a lot of schools in the country have a lot to offer. Same as Alabama. I don't necessarily feel that there are some schools who have an advantage. Obviously, your larger schools, your schools that are more lucrative, are going to have more money to give out to these players. And they're going to find a way to give out money to these players. I think Nick Saban did not have an appetite for that as it was growing. Because the four-team playoff was more advantageous for him and his program. Because obviously, when you have to be one of the top four teams, you only have to win two games to win the national championship. Now, you have to win multiple games. There's more room for error. And there's more room for a lot of these kids who are being recruited to go to more schools because more schools have an opportunity to play in the playoff. And that's what I mean by he's looking at the landscape. He's looking at what he used to be able to do. Recruiting is way different now. Maybe he doesn't want to do that. Maybe he doesn't want to have to change what he is doing or what he's always done to be successful. And I can understand that. He's not 40 years old. He's over 70 years old. How many more quality years does he have left? Nobody knows. Nobody knows that in life at all. We never know when our time is going to be. And I think when you get to a certain age, you look at your life that's ahead of you and you realize that there's more of it behind you than there is ahead of you. I'm close to getting to that point at age 40 when you realize, well, how many years do I have left? I'll be damned if I'm not going to live those years as fully as possible. And Nick Saban is probably thinking about doing the same thing. Here's the thing. He's a legend. Arguably, debatably, one of the greatest to ever do it. In my opinion, he is the greatest to ever do it. And he has nothing to prove to anybody. And he's going to go out a champion. Even though he didn't win the national championship this year, he's a champion. He'll forever be a champion. He will forever be an institution in college football. Alabama will forever be remembered for this run. And it's a new day now. It's a new era in college football. Now the speculation turns to who is going to be the new head coach at the University of Alabama. And I was talking with Coach earlier very briefly, and we're going to give our detailed thoughts on Friday during our usual Friday time slot for Football Friday. And I can tell you it's going to be a packed show. We did not think we were going to be talking about this, but here we are. So you have a bunch of candidates out there, and I'm sure the list will be lengthy. But it's interesting because every single coach, no matter whether they're employed or not, would give up their current gig to go to the University of Alabama. It's just true. But how many of them should, number one? And number two is how many of them will Alabama want? One thing that we are finding out in New England is that it's really difficult to be the person that follows the person. Following Tom Brady has been impossible. Eventually, following Bill Belichick will be impossible. Following Nick Saban is going to be even more impossible, but it's not going to be impossible 100%. The next person maybe won't succeed, but maybe the person after that. And I'm sure that a lot of people are going to be allured by the money. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be allured by 
having one of the prominent jobs in the SEC, which is still the prominent conference. But is it going to be enough? Is the money going to be enough? Is the allure going to be enough? And is the, quite frankly, the job stress going to be something that deters people? Or are there a lot of people who are looking at their current gig? Now, right now, Dabo Swinney seems to be the person everybody wants to be talking about. And he's at Clemson and they're on a downturn. Is Clemson a powerhouse anymore? That's debatable. Are they going to be able to keep up in today's college football world? Also debatable. But what's also debatable is whether Dabo Swinney wants to play by today's rules. Now, he's a younger guy. He's a younger guy who has won. And he's going to have to adapt his lifestyle in terms of recruiting, in terms of the transfer portal, NIL. He's somebody who has been a deterrent on that from day one. He's going to have to change that. Is he a good fit for Alabama? Do they want him there? Does he bring the kind of culture? Nick Saban, think about Nick Saban, right? Is Nick Saban was Bill Belichickian in his approach. They are very, very similar. It's all about the work. It's all about the end goal. It's not a lot of flash there. And you could make the argument that Dabo Swinney is a lot of flash. Is he going to be able to do that while not necessarily keeping Alabama at the heights that they are used to reaching? That's the thing. He thinks that the expectations are high at Clemson. They're going to be high at Alabama. They're going to be astronomically higher at Alabama. And in a conference that is receiving other teams like Texas and Oklahoma, Brian Kelly is going to find his footing. Lane Kiffin has Ole Miss running really well. And Georgia, of course. Kirby's smart if he stays. Georgia is a powerhouse still. The SEC is tough. It's always been tough, but it's tough. It's even tougher now. And the recruiting trail is only going to get harder. And so whoever takes over this job is going to have a large task in front of them. And I think it's almost an impossible task. But keeping Alabama where they were is not necessarily impossible. Because I think if the university is going to open up the pocketbooks and they're going to continue to stay relevant, they're going to continue to be good. But can they compete across the landscape when a lot of other schools are emerging now? It's going to be tough. I can tell you that right now. I think that Nick Saban, though, needs to be given his flowers. I know he's not everybody's favorite. And there was a time period where I didn't like the guy. I didn't like how smug he was. I didn't appreciate when he would make comments about the integrity of the game and the education system. And we all knew that was crap. But here, I want to read some stats, though, before I go. And I want to talk about what he has accomplished at Alabama. 17 seasons, a record of 201 and 29. That is an 87.4 winning percentage. That's insane. Over 17 seasons to have lost 29 times. It's incredible. And I believe six of those were in his first year. 123 players and counting, if you count this year's squad, have been drafted to the NFL. If you think about how few people get to the promised land, every time you move up a level in football, whether it's from Pee Wee to Pop Warner, Pop Warner to high school, whatever, the percentage becomes smaller and smaller of people who make it up the ladder to that next level. The people who make it to the NFL, which is the pinnacle of the sport, is ridiculously low when you think about the entirety of the population and the entirety of the population who plays football. So to have 123 guys drafted is pretty remarkable because it's really hard. 10 division titles, nine SEC championships, four Heisman winners, many of them recent, and of course, six national championships. It's just an un, it's an incredible run. There's no other way to describe it. So you may be a Georgia fan, you may be an Ole Miss fan, you may be an LSU fan, and you may hate the Crimson Tide or Auburn. 
all power to you. And you know what? In a rivalry, it's always okay to hate the other, the other team or another player. I couldn't stand Derek Jeter when he played for the Yankees and I was a Red Sox fan. But you know what? I respected him. I respected that he was good. Nick Saban should be given that respect. He should be given his flowers for being what he is. And it will be different from here on out. We don't know what the landscape will look like. Everything is changing next season. But I'll tell you what, I was surprised as hell that this was the kind of change that we saw. So Nick Saban had a great career, and Coach and I will break it down even further on Friday. But I wanted to come on here. Something we don't actually get to do very often is come on live and give our thoughts. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in, and we will see you on Friday. Have a great night, everybody. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on INC Sports are those of Matt Freights, Brad Powell, and their guests, and not necessarily those of the Matty S Media Network. INC Sports is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and Brad Powell and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.